welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me is Court Winsett. Hey, Katie. <laughs> What's that? And Cameron Spann. Hey, Katie. Hey, Court. <laughs> you just sounded very like, hey, chill, <laughs> chill like a little hippie-ish. I have not smoked weed today, so... I mean, it's legal in some places, not where we are resigning. So, um, unless just across the bridge, um, unless you're pulling some like Star Trek thing and you're like transplanting from somewhere else, I don't know. Okay, teleportation. Teleportation. That's yeah. That's what I was going with. If you had to have a superpower, what would your superpower be? Because mine would be teleportation. Every night at the end of the workday, I would go to Hawaii. What about you? Um, superpower doesn't have to be teleportation. Invisibility, flying, laser eyes. I kind of like the teleportation because it's one of those that see. I am pulled in a thousand different directions and I can kind of be at multiple different things. And so it's like I can be at this party in this state or I can be at this event here. So I kind of like that one, actually. Cameron? Yeah, I liked <clears throat> teleportation, but I will be different because y'all took it. I, I'm going to say flying. I always thought it would, it would be cool to fly like Superman. Yeah. Like super fast. Well, sure. If you can fly super, super fast, then you don't need to teleport because you can just fly there. I always thought it'd be cool to bamf like Nightcrawler. And, oh, yeah. Which Absolutely. is teleportation. Absolutely. Bamf. Okay, this Where has we nothing to do with what the episode is about, saying. but kind of with the cannabis, it does kind of fit in a little bit with this. <laughs> kind of with the cannabis? <laughs> well, how about we say what the show's about the, so people aren't This lost. episode is going to be a lot about ESG SRI, and you're like, what is that? All of the acronyms. All the acronyms. I'm going to explain it on this. I uh, just went through, and I am an official chartered SRI counselor. And um, I did that part of my master's course, but I've also got this designation. And so we thought we would kind of break down what that is on this episode, because again, it's kind of a buzzword out there like passive income that a lot of people are talking about ESG, SRI, socially responsibly investing. And a lot of people don't understand what it is. So it kind of ties in. We're doing this episode because right around the corner from this is Global Recycling Day which is on March 18th, mm-hmm. which were you guys like me, like uh, in elementary school, like recycling was like so big, like you, everyone was just like jazzed about it. You talked about it all the time. And like, no, back in my day, it was oh, all yeah, about, the dark ages. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't recycle. I'm, I'm a little bit older than y'all. It was always about the can drive for me. Yeah. Soup, bringing in soup and, 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 and so forth. That was the big thing. Katie, I am from Mississippi. We did not recycle. <laughs> recycle bins were not a thing. I don't even think they uh, still are a thing in they, Mississippi. They well, don't in believe Shel- in Shelby County education. It was like reuse, recycle. Like it was drilled into our brains. It was very much about taking care of the environment. Like I, I had PTSD the other day because uh, we got some Coke and, you know, they got the little plastic rings around it. Oh, yeah. You got to so, um, cut those up. Yeah. And those I remember, kill turtles. Exactly. Those I, kill turtles. <laughs> I remember that. You've got to like cut them up. Yeah. So this episode is kind of going to be talking about some of those socially responsible things, obviously with Global Recycling Day right around the corner. It is a day that what this day is, is it's a day for action for the world to come together to put the planet first. I think of Captain Planet, (laughs) Uh, to change the mindset of governments, businesses, communities, and individuals around the world to see recyclables as a resource. Like with Earth Day, it's just like care about your environment, do your part, see what you can do. You know, most of us, I think, have recycling bins. And although it's very much different from 
state to state or region to region of like what you can recycle and what you can't. Like some people you can do glass, others you can't. And it's like the color of the plastic. There's a lot to it. But this is a very environmental episode. We probably should be enjoying the environment today while we do this episode. This is our tree hugger episode. (laughs) In case you're wondering right now while we're recording that the environment outside is rain. Yes. It's very rainy. Mother Nature is crying down to try and replenish <laughs> what are the you earth. Doing? Good lord. Okay. Let's... You're going full on Pocahontas with us. <laughs> the colors of the wind. We have a list coming up. I don't mm-hmm. want to spoil it. And you said Pocahontas. How in the world is Pocahontas not on this list? Yeah, this is best movies with environmental focus. It's not on here, but Pocahontas for sure. Absolutely. Most 90s kids loved that of just like taking care of her world and the colors of the wind. Have you ever something, something, something? Yeah, it made us ask, have we ever heard the wolf cry to the blue corn moon? (laughs) Yes. What does it mean? (laughs) But it's about the tree and making sure the tree is taken care of and yeah. Round Robin? Ah, yeah. That's Wally. Wally. Eva. So Wally is the Disney Pixar film. It's super cute. Little Wally is a lone robot left alone on Earth until Eve comes down to see if the planet is livable once again. Though a funny and heartwarming tale, it's also a world in which the Earth is so covered in trash that it isn't livable anymore. The animated family film acts as a warning that if people don't take care of Earth, for the future of the planet is quite bleak. An interesting thing about that movie is not just the planetary, you know, surface and the trash and all that, but like it also shows human beings as basically being lazy, fat. Yeah. You know. Basically, yeah. Earth got trash. They yeah. moved to space to this big space center. And they sit in a chair. Yes. Yeah. And basically, we're terrible. So Disney is trying to like brainwash us of saying like, don't let this happen. <laughs> but like, I didn't remember a lot of that until we started talking about it. I'm like, oh yeah, that is what this was about. I just remember cute little Wally and like. Wally. You like him. Eva. Eva. Okay. So next one is Bambi, which I mean, duh. Oh, uh, Yeah. We put out a feeder, we gather the deer together to the feeder, and then we shoot them all. Because deer are terrible, terrible animals. I hate them, and they can die. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, next on the list is Day After Tomorrow, which I saw in theaters in high school. It it stars Jake Gyllenhaal, and I think Dennis Quaid is in it. He plays his dad. But it's all about, like, global climate change to the max. Basically, a new ice age happens. There's big waves, and it's, it's a very apocalyptic movie. So be good to the uh, be good the, to the earth. Be good to the earth. <laughs> Don't cause planet. climate change. Yeah, I mean, Al Gore approves this message. <laughs> Lord. Okay, Aaron Brockovich. Uh, love this movie. Julia Roberts. It is a true story, but a young woman who, after forcing herself into a job at a law office, discovers a connection between dangerous chemicals and groundwater and illness with several families in the area. This discovery leads to a lawsuit against the company that knowingly has dumped these chemicals in the water despite the risk. Based on a true story, this film acts as a cautionary tale to corporations with thin morals and displays of what tainted environmental resources can mean. And I mean, this is real life. Like this is not not only is it an incredible movie, you need to watch it, but it's true, it happens. You've seen the videos of like the oil spills in the ocean and what's that doing to the animals in the ocean and then what's happening with these companies that are just dumping stuff and not thinking about it. And you've got like plants that may be an area that's causing radiation to be out there. And so 
this isn't just back in like the 70s or 80s like this is still happening today and so it's kind of one of those of just finding those links and and making sure that we're holding companies accountable to what they're doing to the environment. Uh, last night, all of us were at an event finding out about the Blue Oval City that's coming into the area here, and it's gonna be a huge EV plant for Ford Motors. And so they were very much pressing on, we're gonna try and take care of the area that we're coming into, and like, we're not gonna use drinking water, we're gonna make sure we're recycling the water that we need for the plant itself. and. So I think a, it, the trend is really going, number one, these companies don't want lawsuits. Mm-hmm. And number two, it's just they are trying to do their part because as you're going to find out in this episode, if companies are not doing their part and they're kind of being like the greedy greedies that are just like not caring about the environment, a lot of people may be like, I don't want to use your products. I don't want to invest in you. For those of you that don't know, it is actually a legal term. The greedy greedies. That's, really? That's, yeah. I thought yeah, I just was yeah. being... No. The old double Gs. <laughs> the GGs. Uh, greedy greedies. Next movie, Dark Waters. The plot follows an attorney that basically is fighting against DuPont. And um, obviously, for those of you that don't know, DuPont is a chemical manufacturing company. They've been around for a minute. They may have or may have not contaminated some water. And an attorney goes after them and tries to, to get them to stop. So that's a great cast. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, so the whole. Oh yeah, well. Yeah, Anne Hathaway, Hulk. Catwoman. Sure. And Bill Pullman, President for Armageddon. So like, Absolutely. this is a great team to have lined up to try to fight the environment. This next one, um, I'm cracking up here. It's Chinatown, but in my mind, I was thinking Big Trouble in Little China, and I was like, <laughs> "How is that global that recycling? So that has never made that has never made a single one of our lists. We'll make sure it does. It needs to make a list. But Chinatown, this classic 1970s mystery crime thriller, is set in the California Water Wars, a time in which there was a series of disputes over Southern California water. Chinatown still holds up as relevant today, showing the extent. It's basically boo capitalism. The extent companies. Companies will go for money, even though it means destroying our world. Boo, capitalism. Mm. Okay, I've got Interstellar Ooh, with a good one. Michael Caine. And, um, Michael Caine. Yeah, and this is Hans Zimmer, so you know if Hans Zimmer's behind it. Then if he's got the score, it's going to be, be a good, a good movie. It is branded into my brain. It is so interesting, but the element of the future blight of the planet, it's a plot point, but it's... You know, when, when the movie starts, the planet is garbage. Uh-huh. And and so it's not like, oh, how are we going to stop the planet from becoming garbage? It's just the planet is garbage. What do we do from here? It's really interesting. Yeah. The coolest part is Matthew McConaughey goes to space with a few people like Anne Hathaway. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's time travel, basically. They're going through black holes, trying yeah. to solve mysteries and... On one planet they go to, Miller's planet, every, I think like every minute that passes by, seven years passes by on Earth. So Matthew McConaughey has a daughter on Earth, and he knows while every minute he's on this planet, she is getting older and older quickly. Mm-hmm. So there's this sadness to it. I like the movie. It's, it's a really touching movie. You get the next one, and the last one, Court. Okay, so Avatar. I remember nine or ten weeks after its release, I was like, hey, buddy, uh, my son. Like, <laughs> I was like, are you saying Avatar's your buddy? <laughs> hey, buddy. Uh, you want to go see this movie? I think it's something you should see. It was like a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. I was like, hey, bud, let's let's go see Avatar. You know, you, you haven't... I had seen it already. I knew what a visual masterpiece it was. Um, and I was like, hey, bud, let's, let's go see this. You know, it's 10 weeks. It's not going to be a big deal. Yeah. We got to the theater, and it was sold out. 
10 weeks in on a Saturday afternoon and it was sold out. Yeah. Uh, this movie obviously was one of the uh, biggest movies of all time. Uh, biggest is. sellers. Yeah. Um, and obviously now it has a sequel that's doing just as well. But it did have a definite element of environmentalism to it. You know, sort of like love the planet, love the trees, love the big blue people. Yeah, Avatar, basically the script is Fern Gully and Pocahontas mixed together. It yes. is. <gasps> Fern Have Gully was my favorite yeah. movie. It's just like, you're killing the planet, don't mess with the natives. That's what it is. But I, the story was kind of trash, but the visuals. <laughs> it was a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. yeah. Which, which is kind of rare. really were what... what what drove it? Which yeah. is mean, like, then now that while well, there's multiple rides in Disney yeah. and that it's just yeah, Fern Gully. I yeah. have not thought another about that one movie that should be on this list so long. But I remember as a child just like loving that. But it had some dark moments oh, in yeah. it. Okay, yeah, for a weird I'm, time in animation history. I'm, I'm gonna have to go back and watch Fern Gully. We should make that a thing. Like we should go watch, go watch Fern, Fern Gully. Gully. All right, let's get some definitions in here because ESG and SRI, they are separate. They are two different things. Are they? A lot of times people will interchange them, but they're just separate things. So let's hmm. let's do the definitions. Okay. SRI is socially responsible investing. It's a type of investing that keeps in mind the environment, social effects of investments, and strives to make positive impacts in both areas, also known as green or ethical investing. There's also a category of SRI investing known as impact investing, which focuses on making positive social impacts via investing. Investors can take part in SRI investing by buying stocks in individual companies with socially or environmental responsible missions or practices. So that's what, this is a broad term and there's a lot of different elements within it. And so that's what I hope by the end of this episode, you get that when someone says they're an SRI investor or ESG, and we'll talk about that in a second, there's so many elements to it. It's not just like you were branded as one thing and you know exactly what that means by that person. There are a lot of different things with it. Really, this is more of switching it where if somebody comes in and they say, I want my money to work for me and you have suggestions of how to invest it, that's one thing. This is people wanting to put their passion, their motivation behind things and say, well, yes, I want my money to grow for me. I also want to make sure that I'm putting my money where it's going to make a difference. Like I'm putting it in companies that are giving back to school systems or are helping the environment or not dumping chemicals into water. So it's a lot of put your money where it's going to make a difference. So that's kind of the SRI, and there's a lot that goes within that. ESG is Environmental, Social, and Governance Investing. It refers to investing in companies that fit within this framework, the ESG framework. More specifically, investors in the discipline consider how environmental, social, and corporate governance impact how well an investment does in the market. That's looking at almost measuring. Okay, you've got this. Like, how does it measure up to these scores? Like, what score does it get with environmental? What score does it get with social? This is considering these three factors, how the performance of an investment and therefore an investor's return. Because a lot of times there's a very bad rap between investing socially and then not getting a great return on your money. Mm -hmm. And I'll admit before I really dove into all this, I kind of had that stigma in my head of, okay, great, you're going to be a, a tree hugger, you're going to invest in, you know, socially responsible things, but you're not going to get a great return because that's not where the money is. Mm -hmm. You know, the money's in the greedy, greedy, and it's in the like the tobacco and the guns and, you know, the alcohol. Oil. 
Oil. Yeah. Yeah. And Oil, tobacco, uh, firearms, those are the big ones. And while, yes, those companies do have a ton, that's almost like an antiquated look at this. Um, mm. And ESG has been around for a very, very long time. It is not a new thing at all. And so while previously, many, many years ago, it could have been that it was a direct, not a great return because it wasn't as prevalent. It wasn't, there was a lot of companies getting behind this. So now I think that stigma is not exactly true that just because you decide to be socially responsible with your investing, that you're going to get a lower return. Mm. That's not the case because there are still fantastic companies out there that are still in line with maybe your morals. It's an interesting concept. It's like investing with a clear conscience. Yeah. You know, Mm. It, it really is. In this class, we were talking about something. It's kind of like the minister of a church that, you know, maybe they've got the the church funds that they're trying to put in a capital campaign and have it invested. So obviously, it doesn't look good if a church is invested in, you know, tobacco or alcohol or, or maybe companies that have a bad rep for like sexual allegations against them or things like that. It's got to be like clear companies that have good messages. This is talking about investing with pure, like looking at stocks and stuff. You are becoming an investor when you buy a product from a company. You are helping them. Mm -hmm. And so think about all these people that are getting on these bandwagons of, cancel culture and we're canceling somebody because of something they've done or a company's done. And so that's where people are choosing, you know, there's a lot of backlash with Disney right now. Um, some people don't agree with what they're coming out and talking about. So somebody could choose to not go to Disney parks or not mm. buy their products because they don't or, believe in yeah, the, what they're saying. Don't go to their park. Don't buy their <clears throat> stock. Don't, I mean, whatever, yeah. you know, you can boycott bit Disney in many, many different ways, obviously. But others may just be like, you know what? I don't really agree with the crud they're saying right now. It doesn't align with me. But I'm still going to go and do this and that. So that that's kind of where... Because Disney is happiness, you know, if we're being honest. ESG investing focuses on many of the same factors as SRI investing, such as, you know, environmental and social impacts of particular investments. So they're not the same thing, but they combine a lot of the same elements. Yeah, they have a lot of the same elements. And it's kind of just, you can be an SRI investor and grade your investments by the ESG scale. Hmm. So they, they intertwine, but they don't have to be that you are an ESG and SRI investor at the same time. So ESG investing also considers how a company adheres or lack thereof to these standards and how it might affect their performance on the market. So that's that's where I kind of really look at that as like a grading scale. SRI investing, it considers the environment and social impact of investments, also refers to the practice of actively not investing in certain companies, EFTs or mutual funds, because they don't meet one standard for socially responsible investing. It's not that you're saying, Court, I want to be a socially responsible investor. Put me a portfolio together for that. No, you have a conversation what do you not like? Are there certain things you want to include? You know, I may not like oil or not like, you know, companies that test on animals, but I may be totally fine with firearms. Like, I do not want <clears throat> to invest in Chevron, Exxon, or whatever, but I am totally down with Remington, uh, yeah. Smith & Wesson, and uh And Glock. you could still be a socially responsible investor, even though you have that. It's just that... When you choose to do investments, you're thinking of what is the return you want? Mm -hmm. What is the purpose of this account? 
looking at what is suitable for you as an investor, but you're taking it a step further and going, what fits my moral compass? What are things that mm-hmm. I'm going to feel good about? Because like, for instance, it's like you could invest in like a canopy growth or something like that that's related to cannabis, but you could be like, I absolutely don't agree with it. But if you think that it's suitable for you, it's a good add to your portfolio, okay. But if you know that's against your moral compass, then it's yeah. like, hey. If, if you're if you're absolutely opposed to <laughs> cannabis being a thing that anybody can ever do, then obviously you would not, in, if you're... SRI, you would not invest in that, right? Yeah, that sounds right. Yep. So the main distinction between these two is one focuses on how environmental, social, and governments factor affect the performance of an investment, while the other refers to not taking advantage of an investment opportunity based on a similar framework. You can see how they're confused sometimes, Mm -hmm. but it is very different when you actually get into the nitty gritty of it. A lot of people use them interchangeably. They do. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but ESG seems like company focused, like you're looking outward and SRI is like your personal moral compass. I mean, is that right? Yeah. Like ESG, are they accomplishing, are they adhering to these standards and SRI is like... Does this fit what I want? Mm-hmm. What does ESG mean? What does it stand for? What are the what are the concepts behind it? Let's let's get into that. Unpacking the ESG aspect of it, it's become very popular over the last several years, even though it's been around for a long time. And there's kind of this list over here of the ABCs of ESG. Mm-hmm. Again, throwing more acronyms out here. Let's just throw <clears throat> all the letters. I'm I'm, I'm a big fan of letters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So corporate governance means being responsive to shareholders. This is what any investor should want. So this is, and and most people may not understand this, but remember when you were buying a stock, you were owning a portion of something. So even if you have two shares of Tesla stock, you are an owner of Tesla, Mm -hmm. the company. Now you may be like 0.0006 quadrillion percent, but you're very small owner, but still you are a shareholder. Mm -hmm. You're a part of this. And so there are things that are voted on. There's, you know, you'll get proxy voting that you may have to do, different things like that. It's not that Elon Musk is going to invite you to come to the boardroom and vote. Man, I have been trying to get Elon to invite me to a boardroom (laughs) for a minute now, and it has not worked out for me. Um, So if you look at the ESG, it's environmental, social, and governance. And a lot of people... If you were just to to go off those words, you're going to go governance. Well, that that means the government, right? No, it it actually means what is the corporate structure? What? How is the actual? How are the how how is the board governing the company? How is the president governing the company? How is the company being run? That's mm-hmm. what they mean by governance, right? Yeah, and it's it's how are they communicating that to the shareholders? How mm-hmm. are they communicating? any suggestions the shareholders may have because there is a whole process behind it. If you have if you have recommendations because you are an owner, how that process goes and how are they listening to you? And so just know that it's not the government. We're not talking about like the presidents and senators and Congress and stuff like that. This is the board, the company that's running it. Social. So this is taking account of business impact on society. It certainly affects the appeal of that business to customers and 
also their financial results. So that's simple, social. How are they presenting themselves? What is the reputation of this company? What is their impact on society? This kind of gets blurred with environmental because it's what is their impact on society? Like, are they giving back, doing things like this? But this is not are they dumping chemicals into mm. the ground? That's where these two are very closely related. But this is just on what is their impact on society? Are they you know, a big player? What are they doing? Are they sending good positive messages? Are they trying to hire you know, females in certain capacities? Are they you know, discriminating? Are they not? What are they doing? So we're not aspect? talking about social networking here. No. We're not talking about like... Their media presence, their followers, like, yeah. no. <laughs> No, this is really just how are they taking care of their people? How are they taking care of their customers? And I, I would assume also how are they taking care of people in general? Yeah. I mean, not just their own people. Obviously, you know, your staff, they're important. But also, how are you looking at humanity overall? Yeah. You know, obviously, if you're one of those companies, there are movies out there that are like, oh, the the, the corporate CEO is like, humans suck. And we... We don't care about them. And obviously, yeah. they would not be a, a company that you would want to invest in if you're ESG sensitive, right? You're, you're not hiring child labor to make these jackets. Like things suck. like that. Yeah. yeah. And environmental is is the environment. Are they taking care of the environment? Think about farmland. Are they making sure that... Fern Gully. Yeah, We exactly. all need to go watch Fern Gully, apparently. <laughs> Are they managing farmland? It's more suitable and likely more profitable over time. Or are they just thinking about the rainforest? Exactly. Burning it down. And so it's, that's where it's a company that's taking the time to really figure out, Hey, we need this, but what can we do? And I'm blanking on what it is, but there's some like animal byproduct that like they will then sell it like this part will go then to this company for dog treats and then this one will go to these places for this part of the horse will go to elmer's factory yeah I, I immediately went to horses i'm sorry and that's terrible that's terrible but it's true that's, i feel a, that's like it was I something went. on our whale um watching thing that oh we... lord we're killing whales and horses no no no, no, for goodness no. sake <laughs> No, but it's it's companies that are trying to use every portion, every part of the whale and the horse. No, like Katie is so done. No, like if you if you make Coca Cola, then what are you doing? Are you um you know when you finish with a certain thing, are you able to sell it to somebody else to then repurpose? <laughs> So while ESG is a a grading scale kind of for you to kind of judge a different company, it is not replacing the financial metrics. So this is when you look at a company and you're like, oh, well, what are their returns? What, you know, what, what are the dividends they do? How have they been doing? What's the price per earning? What is all that? That is still a thing. This is just diving a little bit deeper and saying, okay, what is their character? Mm -hmm. Well, how do they fit into the environment, social and government elements and it's just simply a tool. It is just one tool for you to have in your toolbox as you're trying to decide what do you want to invest in. So the question is always raised, you know, how are these tools being used? The worry seems to be that asset managers are running their businesses with a goal to change the world in certain ways. This appears contrary to what investors see as the goal to do whatever is most profitable. Suitability at the end of the day. Well, sure. Every, it, it always, always comes back to suitability. It always boils down to that. And so that's where 
I stress that having a financial advisor is important because if you're investing yourself, you're doing your own research, you may do wonderful. You may really be great and do that. But having the time to sit with a person, them invest their time getting to know you, finding out what your values are, then they can really help create a recommendation for you that fits all of your needs, all of the things, not just a particular area. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it becomes more of a relationship investing, which is what we all really need to get to anyways, because everyone is not created equally. What is a good investment for me is not for Cam, is not for Court. And it's even constantly changing throughout your life cycle. But so this is just another tool that if you are working with a financial advisor, working with somebody that is, if you feel passionate about it, get them to talk to you about this. Say, hey, you know, like I really want to take a look at this, dive a little bit deeper, make sure that what we're investing in is sending a good message and it fits within my moral compass. And I think we can bring back the term fiduciary, which we've talked about doing what is best for the mm -hmm. client in mm -hmm. the client's interest. And this plays a part in it. The reason why a lot of times this gets a lot of backlash is... Um, well, I mean, let's face it. Obviously, a lot of people are like, oh, it's environmental. That That's lives. That's woke. That's whatever. Yeah. Th that's not what this is about, really, no, necessarily. It's not. It's just thinking about what you want to support and where you want your dollars to go. Because, yes... When you are buying a stock, you are supporting that company. Mm. You are, because obviously if everyone decides to stop buying that stock or selling out of it, then that directly impacts that company. That's why you see the price of them going down, things like that. So there's multiple sides of it. Sometimes people think advisors, asset managers are not pushing this because they're greedy, greedy, and they're greedy, wanting, greedy. they're they're wanting to you know have their people invested in certain things. But that's not the case. Number one, it's you know an asset manager, a financial advisor should, as you said, Cam, do what's best for the client. So if you want to invest in all things that are you know supporting animal rights or or something like that, then that's fine. That's your choice. That's what you want to do. That's what fits your investment portfolio. Just side note, everybody, everybody sitting at this table, when we said like pet friendly, who yeah. did you think of? Becky. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And there's so many different elements within this. So, you know, a lot of people are probably being socially responsible investors without even realizing it mm -hmm. because more than likely, and I've seen it with some of our clients, like we'll put together a, a suggestion of like some stock list and they may be like, um... I don't know that I really like that company because their CEO came out and said this, this, and this, mm -hmm. or don't they have a lawsuit against them right now? Or, uh, you know, they're woke and I, I don't really like that. Yeah. So you are already kind of doing that by basing on what you believe in. And so you're kind of already doing that. But within this, there's multiple different categories. I was very interested in one called like the veganism investing. Okay. And so you think about like. <laughs> what on earth? <laughs> you choose to be a vegetarian or to be a vegan. And a lot of times people are saying, I'm, I'm helping the environment, the poor little bunnies. Like, I don't know the people. <laughs> the environment and the bunnies. Well, <laughs> That's what I'm going after. <laughs> but it's, you know, people are, some people may choose to be a vegan or vegetarian because they're doing it for their health. Others may be doing it because they're trying to make a difference mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. And that can roll into their investing as well. 
Now, I will say there are some people that it's like they may be living a vegan life and maybe all things environmental and recycling and resourceful, but they may be in all oil and like all different kinds of things like that. That's their prerogative. That's their choice. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna name mm. names, but I know somebody who is is all about the vegan lifestyle. But then, boy, does she love her Air Jordans, which are <laughs> straight up leather and yeah. you know made by manufactured by Nike and you know. Yeah. So what was interesting about this is to truly follow that veganism portfolio then it was listing all the companies that you couldn't invest in. Mm -hmm. And so you think about, okay, you know, the ones that are like the basics that are in meat and things like that. I Um, do like meat, (laughs) by the way. I mean, I'm just saying meat is good. But it also drove further and it's you couldn't invest in Home Depot because Home Depot sells animal products leather pieces, things like that. Mm. They chop trees down. They sell lumber. You you <laughs> couldn't invest in... Tree murderers. Certain banks because those banks fund Home Depot and fund because different companies. Because they handle money. Things and like that. And money is made of trees and trees. But it's like to truly follow some of those, then there you knock out a ton of different companies because of all the different companies that touch animal byproducts. Mm-hmm. So much of it. And so you think about, um, you know, court, when you got bitten by the tick and then you now have where you can't eat mammal meat then you found like things that have that like gelatin and that a lot of people may not think about did you know that wendy uh wendy's frosty has cow bone in it yeah yeah i'm just telling you so instead of turning into a superhero when you got bit you were just denied meat. <laughs> I, I I was turned into an anti-hero. I was turned into the person that's angry and wants to destroy the world because I can't have bacon anymore. And that's just a travesty. Katie, you made a good point. It seems like there is this tangled web of all these companies. A bank serves another uh-huh. company, blah, blah, blah. Is that's- there an easy access list to like, this is a completely clean um, business I can invest in? There, There's asset managers out there who have created... Um, you know, a mutual fund list, stock list, ETF list that list these that are have passed the ESG metrics, have passed the socially responsible investing things. But a lot of those are going to be constantly changing because you think about it is one bank could have a partnership with someone and then they switch companies and they go to another bank. So it's not one of those that you look at it today and that's still going to be relevant in six months, a year. The point of that is that There are some people that, yes, want to dive in 100% want their investments to be squeaky clean in line exactly with their their vegan lifestyle or or whatever they've determined. Let's be clear. ESG, SRI investment, it's not being driven by the vegans. No, Uh, that's just one area of it. But it could be like people who don't want to have the sin stocks. Which mm-hmm. the sin stocks are kind of how you think about it. It's, it's gambling. It's tobacco. Alcohol. It's you know adult entertainment. Alcohol. All of my favorite things, by the way. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> if you're a, a minister or you're seen in the light, you may not want to have it where you're invested in Playboy or you're invested in Smith and Wesson or different things or like Daniels. Uh, yeah, Harris, Marlboro. Jack Daniels. There, it doesn't matter if any of them are giving you <laughs> dividends or like have great returns. Oh, they give me dividends. <laughs> you, uh, you could just determine that you you don't want that to be in your portfolio. But it's it's just one of those. At the end of the day, this is just another way to look at it. It's another lens to put on looking at investments and trying to decide 
what do you want to be a part of and what do you not? Because again, being a stock, a shareholder, you are a part owner in this company. So if you don't believe in Marlboro or Jack Daniels or whatever, then you probably shouldn't be investing in it if it doesn't fit what makes you feel good. Now, I'm not going to shame anybody if you in your real world life don't drink, don't gamble, don't like any of that, but you're fine investing in it because you know it's going to give you a return. That's fine. No one's judging you. It's mm-hmm. not like your investments are public knowledge. That's between you. I think a lot of the pushback on ESG stuff is all of this focus on ESG might be forcing companies to make decisions that that not necessarily everybody, all of their shareholders are in favor of yeah. or support. And that's not that's not necessarily the case either. You could decide, you know, Cam could say, look, I, I really want us to invest in companies that are women power and are really, you know, taking a leadership role in that. Okay, we can find companies like that. It's very much just you're customizing it, you're taking a different look at it, and it's forcing companies to be measured up against these different metrics. Now, again, I'm going to tell you, there's different measurements out there for ESG. Mm -hmm. And so they're not all created equally. So you have to, again, look at it in that way as well. Get a partner, get somebody to help you with this because you can research it. And with anything today, you research enough, you're going to find enough stuff that validates your point one way or the other. And so that's where it's, it's complicated stuff. There is a lot to it, but if you feel like you want to be investing with a little bit more of a socially responsible eye, get a partner to help you really dive deeper into that. I feel like I'm already bullseyeing it because that's what I do. That's what you do. (laughs) We kind of wanted to touch on this because it, it has been around for a very long time. It actually, you know, dates back Quaker times, things like that. And it has had a lot of political sphere behind it. It's had some some bad reps. It's had some good. And talk to somebody and see if it fits you. And look at it as it's just you're choosing what not to invest in. Indeed. Okay, so you've already bullseyed for us as usual. So... Oh, look, there's the closing bell. Ladies and gentlemen, you've made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. If you liked what you heard and you'd like to hear more, please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and sign up to have our podcast beam directly to your listening device every single Thursday at noon. If you'd like to find out more about Cameron Spann, and who wouldn't, Katie Pickler and myself, please feel free to go to our website. That's bullcastpodcast.com. You can leave us a comment. You can drop some notes about how much you love Cameron. We all love Cameron. Uh, what? <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, or, you know, you can also suggest a topic. People can love us, too. <laughs> I mean, at least not me. They, they might love you, but they don't love me. You can leave a, you can suggest a topic if there's something you'd like to hear us talk about. Or you can just, you know, say, hey, uh, if you like pictures, boy, do we have pictures. We've got them on Instagram. That Instagram handle is at Bullcast Podcast. And we also have words. If you like words, that's uh, Twitter. And that handle is at Bullcast Podcast as well we also have a facebook page that's the bullcast podcast and um if you would like to find out more about what we actually do uh ladies and gentlemen we may not have mentioned it on this podcast but we mention it regularly we work at a place called pickler wealth advisors and if you'd like to find out more about what we do for a living what we can do for you and find out about our amazing team and our boss david pickler 
please go to our website. That is picklerwealthadvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. Not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, I have given you so much to do. Please feel free to go forth and do it. And invest responsibly. (laughs) And invest responsibly. For now, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Court. I'm Katie. I'm Fern Gully. I was saying, we got to go watch it. Take care of the environment. Recycle. We are done.